Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to the next episode of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime? I'm Rachel. And I'm Krista. Honestly, I never know what to do for an intro here because like <laughs> we're 50-50. Like sometimes we talk about the topic, sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot to say on this particular topic. I'm not going to lie. Like there's no background. Um, we just kind of creative because we wanted to work through our TBRs, mm-hmm. which is legit because it's very long. I have like an entire bookshelf full of TBRs that I will growing. never get to. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's impossible. I keep adding to like my book wish list and like laughing at myself every time I add a thing because it's like I'm never gonna get there. No. Like I probably will, but like maybe not. Or it's just gonna know. jump, it's gonna jump to the front of everything else because it sounded good or it was on sale or whatever, you know. Right. It's like such a struggle. So um for this week's, like I said, we got creative. What we ended up doing is we reviewed our current TBRs. We talked about what um month this is gonna be posted in. I'm pretty sure this is the first week of May, right? Yep. Yep. It's yeah. gonna be May. It's gonna be May. Absolutely. Love it. Justin Timberlake for the win. So April showers bring May flowers. And get it, get it, I don't get know it. if that's true <laughs> everywhere, but it's fairly true in Washington, honestly. Like yeah. it has been a dreadful April. I'm over it. <laughs> Although like, the what the blossoms, the cherry blossoms already came and went. So we had Tulip Festival. Tulip Festival yep. was pretty successful. I, I wanted to go, but I just have not had an open weekend. Same. Yeah. I had a coworker who went. Um, he recently moved here in like the last year. Him and his wife did. They went the first time. Loved it. If you don't live in Washington, um, in Mount Vernon, which is kind of near the Canadian border, like kind of Bellingham area, there's this huge tulip festival that happens in Skagit County. And it is gorgeous. It's amazing. It's like literally like acres and acres of just tulips. Like I can't yeah. even describe how amazing the experience is to go. I've only been an, like physically a couple of times, but every, every year I see pictures. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I are both like Washingtonians. Yeah. Um, it's always go- Google it if you don't know. And it's literally acres. Like I think the one that my coworker went to, it was only an acre and a half because there was a really big bad flood last year that we had. And those people lost a whole bunch of like their land, but even at a, that. an acre and a half, it's just like, Basically, it's as far as the eye can see. It's just, it's just tulips, tulips and they like make designs out of them sometimes or like, you know, when they put the rose in the different colors, it's amazing. So. so if you haven't been to Washington State, highly recommend coming in like April to hit the Tulip Festival. But anyways, speaking of April showers, bring May flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, my book has rain on the front and I'm pretty sure yours has flowers on the front. It does. awesome we nailed it um so that's what we went with for this week so i hope you enjoy our picks well i don't know about Krista's, but i enjoyed mine so yeah i'll have to wait and i'll tell you later i guess we'll find out all right um well i'll tell you about mine for now per usual i picked something that was kind of mysterious and interesting um I've actually had this book for quite a while and I had started it at one point and I don't know why I stopped reading it. I probably just like set it down and was moving or whatever and then mm. never picked it back up. But I did Don't Look For Me by Wendy Walker. Ooh, the cover for a while too. is like really what pulled me in. Like it's really dark and mysterious oh, and like yeah. you see i'm like i'm like showing krista in the cam so sorry mm-hmm. you guys you can't see it yeah, but like the there's this like lady walking away but there's like headlights coming at her and there's like rain yeah, so, like, and, like the I big raindrops too like it's that like huge dumping rain where you're just gonna be soaked right. in two seconds rain it's like a full-on storm yeah 
I will say that the cover like very accurately represents what happens at least in the beginning of this book, like the premise of how this book begins. Okay. So big fan. Um, I really hate it when I read the summary of a book because I think it's going to be like on par for our podcast and then it's not. And I have to find something mm-hmm. else like quickly. So uh, I'm going to do my best to give you the information about this book, the TLDR and not spoil anything. Um, but it was great. So I'll just start with that. Okay. So here is what this book is about. Molly is a mother of three and her youngest child died five years ago to the day. We know this straight off the bat. It's not a surprise. I'm not spoiling anything. I swear to God. Basically, um, I don't know if we know exactly all the details, so I'm not going to give you all of the details, but all we really know is that Molly's role in her child's death is pretty detrimental. Like I said, I can't remember exactly when they introduce it, but it's not really a surprise. Um, clearly she feels guilty about her child dying. Um, her daughter was running out to the road to find the ice cream truck. Her mother was coming around the corner in her vehicle and she struck her daughter with her vehicle and she killed her. Wow. She was nine years old. It's very traumatic, giant child loss trigger warning. Like I wouldn't say that there's suicidal ideation here, but there's clearly like just a loss of like interest in life, you know, like Molly, Molly is definitely still struggling with this. Like any parent would, um, she has two surviving children, Nicole and Evan, who are of college age. Um, and she has a husband, Paul, I'm pretty sure his name is Paul. Not gonna lie. I wrote the notes afterwards and I was like, I think it's Paul. Paul's not that important to be fair. (laughs) Um, we're going to go with Paul. I'm fairly certain. Um, so in the five years since Annie, her youngest daughter, who was nine years old at the time has passed away. Uh, Molly has felt continually like blamed for what happened because she was driving the vehicle that caused her daughter's death. Like you would definitely blame yourself. I Mm. understand why your family would blame you. And so her daughter, Nicole has kind of lean towards alcohol and sleeping around as a coping mechanism. She hates it about herself. Usually people do when they use it as a coping mechanism because Mm -hmm. it's not what they want to be doing. They just don't know what else to do with their time. Uh, Her son, Evan is in college. He did, you know, pull himself up and go to college and do the thing that he was supposed to do. Nicole's the oldest. So Evan's a little bit younger, but Nicole decided basically not to go to college. She got like expelled from her senior year and she's been struggling to finish her GED. Mm. Um, so Evan did though, end up, you know, getting his stuff together, going to school. I think he plays baseball. It's a sport. I honestly can't remember which, um, but, uh, it's a few hours away from their hometown. So Molly tries to make a point of like going to his school and like watching his games, even though her children kind of treat her like, I don't even know how to like describe it like a pariah basically like they act like it's her fault and like I understand that it would be really hard like it she was driving the vehicle and she wasn't responsible but also like you can see Nicole kind of fighting with responsibility because Nicole was supposed to be watching her younger sister and at 17 years old 16 years old she was worried about other stuff you know Mm -hmm. yeah she was just like whatever living my life she's fine um so basically everyone in this family kind of has a role in how they feel about how Annie died so that's kind of how this whole story kicks off is that Molly has gone to go see her son, Evan, at one of his games. Again, I think it's baseball, but it doesn't really matter. Um, so she goes to see him at one of his games and he straight up ignores her, like won't turn to look at her, doesn't acknowledge her existence, 
Like she feels terrible, you know, like she just wanted to be there to support her son because like as a parent who's lost a child, having surviving children is pretty much what brings you through. Yeah. (laughs) But like no one wants to look at her. No one wants to acknowledge her. Nicole earlier that day had basically like told her that like it's all her fault and like she wants something to do with her. Her husband doesn't look at her and pretends to be asleep when he comes when she comes to bed Mm -hmm. at night. Like she's fairly certain he's having an affair. So Molly's life is not going well. And that's pretty much where the story kicks off. The story kicks off where she has just left Evan's game. He has straight up ignored her, you know, for the gajillionth time, even though every other week she makes this four hour trek to go see him just to see his home games. Like that's an eight hour. The fact that she does that, right? Like as an adult, I get it. Like that's huge commitment. Like you're obviously there for your child, but like even Molly internally struggles with like, am I trying to be there for him or am I there because I want to feel loved? Like, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, and I can see that. So he's, he's like 1920. Okay. Yeah. So still in that kind of like, hasn't quite realized that his parents are people yet situation. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So he kind of like ignores her, like brushes her off. And, but like, even Molly is like kind of internally struggling with like, what does my life look like now? Like without Annie, like without my third child, you know, people ask how many children you have and I can't not say three, but then I have to explain Mm -hmm. that one is no longer with us. So Molly's having a really hard five years. Um, so she's on her way back from, uh, Evan's game and she runs out of gas and they're in the middle of a hurricane. She has recently passed the gas station. Um, so she was like, well, I'll just walk back, you know, the three quarters of a mile or whatever, go get some gas, walk back to my car. Obviously a hurricane is not ideal circumstances to be doing this in, Mm -hmm. but you have to do what you have to do. I do have follow-up questions of like, why did she just stop when she passed it? But okay. She said, so her internal dialogue in the book basically said that like she was so busy worrying about what was going on in her current life and like why her children were rejecting her and treating her like this and like how she could improve their relationship that she just wasn't paying attention to the gas. Mm. Okay. Fair deal. Yeah. And like, so normally they don't stop at that gas station because they usually fill up before they leave to go to wherever the college town is. So they can usually get there and back back. without an issue. And so autopilot told her, I don't need to stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's legit, I think. Like, honestly, like, I would have done the same thing. But, like, why I never stop here? Why would I stop here now? Yeah. So, Molly runs out of gas. She obviously starts walking back towards the gas station to try to figure out what the fuck am I going to do here? Sorry for my French. <laughs> um, but she ends up with, uh, back at that gas station, and it's closed. Oops. Oh, it's no. closed because there's a hurricane, and no oh. one wants to be around, right? And uh, a truck stops and says, hey, how can I help you? And during this time, we do see some of Molly's internal dialogue. This is literally the first like 20 pages. Like I'm not giving away. Oh, wow. So it's all Molly's internal dialogue. And you can see that she's just like, is my family better off without me? Should I just walk away? Should I just get into any other vehicle and go as far away as possible? Like, what do I do from here? So like you see this internal dialogue going on with Molly and then a truck pulls up and offers her an opportunity to drive away. Mm-hmm. She gets in the car. She says, basically, like, I want to go back to town. And you see her internal dialogue being like, I don't want to run away. Life is just really hard right now. But, like, I have children. I cannot abandon them. I cannot put anybody through more than what everyone's already been through, right? Mm -hmm. Like, her basically, like, reasoning overwhelms in that moment where she's just like, I don't want to leave my family. And, like, so we can see that as the reader, as as her family, when she doesn't show up that night. 
when she doesn't show up the next morning, you don't see that. Mm -hmm. So the police do begin an investigation to say like, where did Molly go? Like what happened? Um, they kind of, you know, they searched like a five mile radius around town. Um, this book is particularly interesting because you always see it from Molly's perspective and then her daughter's. So you get to see the two. Honestly, I think this book as a whole is kind of like mother and daughter figuring out like how they matter to each other and then like putting each other first. Like Mm -hmm. it was kind of a great adventure, but basically Molly's been missing after about four or five days. They kind of decide like, well, considering how crappy her family was treating her and circumstances, she's probably left. Mm -hmm. She's left. She doesn't want to be found. She'll come. She'll come back when she wants to be back right Mm -hmm. but we as a reader we know this is not the case molly the vehicle that she got into contained two people uh, a person that she ends up calling mick and a little girl who is nine years old named alice she gets in the car and she asks what the man's name is and alice who gets introduced right away giggles and says like this is mickey mouse so it's clearly a game like this is clearly what they do with new people or she makes up a name or whatever Mm -hmm. and she doesn't really think much of it because molly sees that between mick and alice there's love and so she thinks because there's love here there can't be danger here this has to be circumstance mick basically says that like all of the towers are down because of the hurricane i can't get you into town right now everything's closed come stay at my house. I have a room for you. I will keep you safe. I'll keep you warm. The, you know, the phone lines are down, but in the morning we will go to town. Mm, I'm going to go back to my car. I actually never would have gotten the truck to begin with. I wouldn't have gotten in that car in the first place. probably wouldn't have ran out of gas to begin with because I feel up at a quarter tank because I'm in these situations. Yes. But right. All of this literally is just like so many red flags for me. Like I basically want to scream the whole time, but the way it's laid out in the book is like, I can understand why she made that decision. And then why mm-hmm. she made that decision. Then why she made that decision. And yeah. then it's like, Oh shit. In hindsight, she yeah. should have made none all of, of those do- decisions. All of her domino effects make sense when they're the one domino. Yeah, exactly. So like in the moment, it seemed okay. Like it's a dad and his daughter, like we're going to get to his house. Like maybe there will be a wife and more children there and I will be safe and I will get to call, you know, they'll have a landline, but she gets to the house and the landline's out. Ugh, well, hurricanes, I don't the know next, anything about them. The next morning after he convinces her to stay because the landline's out and he has no cell service right now, he says like, well, I need to go into town. You know, I will try to make the phone calls, write down the names of everybody that you would want me to call, write down your full name. So I don't forget it first and last hmm. all very sketchy. It's all very sketchy. Does he also want my social security number? My mother's maiden name. But here's the reason is that Alice. So when she first got in the car, Alice is wearing a face mask. Like you do for COVID. Okay. Alice is allergic to the outside. I'm putting outside in air quotes. She can't be outside at all because she's allergic to dust and sunshine and pollen. And Molly, immediately after getting into that house, she was just like, if she had that severe of allergies, she would have died with the filters in this house. Also, being allergic to dust means you can't be on the inside. It's not just in the outside world. Exactly. Like... So there's a lot of very suspicious things, right? But Molly does agree to stay at the house to hang out with Alice because Alice has severe allergies, so she can't go outside. So she writes down all of these things for Mick, Mickey Mouse. Which is now a follow-up question. If she can't be outside, why was she in the truck to begin with? Because he had to, because there was no one else to watch her. And they had Mm. to go get gas because there's a hurricane. Okay. Mm, Fair. They do have a generator for the house, so they needed gas. 
But like Molly was like, oh, well, I'm out of gas. Can I just like take one of your gas cans then? Yeah. And he was like, oh no, they're empty. And she's like, I'm pretty sure they look full. Yeah, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm she gonna. tries to get out at one point and the child locks on. Like now I'm, it's now we're all very sketchy. Just like literally yeah. just on her way to the house. Like I would never, <laughs> don't go to a second location. Never. Don't go we said to this the second with, location. We said this before. We'll keep saying it. I will continue to say it. I'm going to take yep. a sip of this thing though, because like I'm upset and my throat's dry. <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of thoughts and opinions right here. You're worked up. It's good. And we're not even that far in is the crazy part. <laughs> this is a pretty wild book. Like, I'm not going to lie. I got so hooked as soon as I started going, like it was crazy. I'm going to try very hard not to give away anything though. Um, okay. So Molly gets to this house. What's going on at the same time is obviously her family is worried about her, right? Mm-hmm. So they know roughly where she was when she went missing. They contact the police. They say she never showed up. They start a search of the area. They search about a five mile radius around the area where Molly is though, is behind this giant fence that's supposed to be like old nuclear power plant property. And it's got a padlock on it. Mm. The dad, her husband had seen this property when they were searching and they decided it's just old nuclear power plant. Oh, Literally they mention it multiple times throughout the book there's a <laughs> stupid fence that they haven't seen behind and no one goes oh geez like it infuriates me every time they mention the fence yeah. also, like, like i can't even i'm like of course she's there how like, old is like how old is a padlock look does it look like it's ancient like it should it look be? like it's been used does it look new yeah yeah also so, just get the warrant go look just for like funsies right? you know s's right. and g's why not right so after about four days of looking with the local police the family is basically giving up. So it kind of seems days after about four days, they've <sighs> decided that evidence shows that she is clearly trying to disappear. A note shows up in a hotel that was rented under her credit card and the handwriting was inconclusive, but the dad told the parent or the dad told the kids, sorry, that it was conclusive, that it was her handwriting. That's basically said like, after everything that happened, like it was directed to them and it mm-hmm. included her full name, oh. Molly Clark. Why would you sign a letter to your family with your first and last name? Also, this is just a side note tangent. I had this conversation with someone the other day. Anytime anybody asks for my full name, I always give my middle name. Like, is that not my full name? And so like this letter from me too. would be would be like Krista middle last name. And then you would know that it's not real. Because I would never sign a letter with that. So, like, this is on her for not giving the middle name, I think. I mostly blame, like, the victim. But I agree, yeah. though. It's just, it's, it's all very suspicious, though, right? Yeah. Like, if you got a letter to you from your spouse or from your parent that signed their full name. Yeah. Like, so basically the police's justification was like, oh, well, she wanted to make sure that it got traced back to her family. Well, mm-hmm. it was booked under her credit card. It was going to get traced back to her family. Yeah. And also, like, she could have just, like, named her family by name, like, right to whatever family. She did, though, like, include some very specific details. And she included the, included the names of the people that, you know, she had written down on that list mm-hmm. that she wanted him to call. So you see that as a family. The family does basically give up because the dad, it sounds like he's having an affair. I will tell I will tell you it doesn't really fucking matter. Honestly, the dad literally is a very insignificant character. He's not having an affair. 
It's not okay. actually having an affair as far as we know, as far as I understood from what was told to me. Okay. Um, but that's the assumption during most of the book is that like Molly assumes he's having an affair. His children assume he's having an affair. And so like, that's why it seems really suspicious that he's willing to call it off so quickly. Mm-hmm. But basically it sounds like he just knew how unhappy she was. And so he understood why she would do that. Okay. At first um, I thought maybe he wrote the letter and he booked the hotel room because he was having an affair and he was just taking advantage, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, I thought that too, but it, it really doesn't matter if you know he is or is not having an affair. Like they very loosely try to pin him for this. It's not the dad. Okay. Just like, it doesn't I mean, matter. Like, they probably wouldn't be. That would make a lot of sense. It's unrealistic. But... It didn't make sense in the story and it doesn't make sense now. It was like a red herring to like, even try to throw it out there. But basically like she saw that she had come home one day and her husband was asleep, but there was a fresh fire in their wood burning fireplace in their bedroom. So he had to have just lit it. Like there's no way. So basically they're implying that he's having an affair. Oh. He's not having an affair. Okay. There's a lot more going on here. It's very complicated. That still doesn't give away a damn thing. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of characters at play. Um, <clears throat> so essentially, Molly, she gets to wherever Mick and Alice are leading her to. And she gets stuck there for a few days before essentially understanding that she's essentially a, a captive. Because he says, you know, I can't, I can't leave because Alice has allergies. So someone has to stay here with Alice, but I will call your family for you. Mm-hmm. She trusts him because she basically has no other option at this point. Um, she, Alice is a nine-year-old. So she outsmarts her and was like, you know how you have an outside allergy? Well, I have an indoor allergy and I need to go outside for a little while every day or I feel sick. So she basically finds a way to go outside. She kind of tries to run away and like cut a hole in the fence because this entire property is covered in fence. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely surrounded. And the fence itself has like tiny barbed wires on it. So like you can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. So Alice tells her when Molly tries to leave, she was like, be careful. That's where my first mommy died. Oh, Oh, Uh, Oh, Alice has already at this point told her that she was born at this property. So Alice is clearly a captive mm-hmm. and the whole, like, I'm allergic to the outside thing is clearly bullshit. Oh yeah. So well, obviously Alice just doesn't know, like she's, yeah. she's the captive. So Molly understands at this point, once Mick leaves, she was like, okay, this is not normal because once Mick, he leaves is when Alice starts to tell her, like, I was born here. I've never been anywhere else. I can't go outside. Like all of these kind of details. So Molly starts to kind of piece together, like, okay, I'm definitely a captive. So Molly tries to run. She gets like a, she grabs a kitchen knife and she grabs some scissors from the kitchen. And she's like, I'm going to cut a triangle into this fence at the bottom. I'm going to peel it back. and I'm just going to squeeze myself out that little fence. Right. Yep. It comes back, like finds her, pulls her back to the house. Of course. But when Mick comes back, she was like, I'm just being crazy. My family has been telling me they, her family uses being too much of a Molly as a verb rude where you're over paranoid and you over exaggerate and so basically this entire time she's like i'm just being a molly she's like i'm just like i'm over exaggerating the situation like he absolutely went back to call my family and like everything's gonna be fine like once he shows back up right and she Mm -hmm. like feels embarrassed but she does hide her tools that she was trying to use to cut through the fence she hides them and then runs away so he doesn't see where she tried to cut through so that does still exist for her Mm -hmm. that's still an option but she basically feels like an idiot 
Like I get it. I would have too. Like, like I'm over exaggerating. Like yeah, he's like just trying to help. Athlete. It's yeah. an understandable circumstance. So Mick shows her that, you know, here's my cell phone. Like I was able to make some phone calls in town today. Like here's the phone log. You can see that I called your family and they never called me back. And he leaves it on the table while they eat dinner. The phone rings. She's like, hmm, thought you didn't have service out here. I thought it was just the towers. I thought that was it. Right? Mm. And so he, they like look at each other for a minute and basically like that's when it becomes very clear to Molly that she's now a captive. Like mm. he locks her into a room, the room that Alice says that she was born in that has one toilet, one sink, no windows. She's stuck in there for basically a week while her family is currently searching the town and trying to find her. Her family literally comes up against the fence that she is behind and then turns <laughs> back. Like Ugh. it absolutely drives me up the wall, but I also get it. Like, why would you think that? Like, it's supposed to be an old nuclear power plant. It's not manned. Like, Checked why would you assume she's back there? I would still have checked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the, at the time, the husband's the one who's doing the checking. And so um, you're still under the assumption that he's maybe having an affair. And so, like, maybe he doesn't want her to be found, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe he's not interested. Really, it sounds to me like the family's just so broken that, like, they don't know how to deal with her being missing. And it's easier to accept that she did it on her own. Yeah. Like they've had so much tragedy. Like, why would you want to deal with the fact that she's been fucking kidnapped or something? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I get it. For like her to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. It's huh. easier and it makes more sense for her to walk away. So like you kind of see in um, about the like seven to 14 day time range, there's not a lot that happens because most of what goes on. So each time, uh, each chapter, it kind of oscillates between Nicole and Molly. And then it also tells you what day it is and day oh. one being the day she went missing. Oh, I like the day one today, whatever, versus when they're like June 3rd this year. Yeah, it's so much easier. And then I have to be like, (laughs) okay, June 14th. Math is hard. I don't know. June 2, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you get to see that back and forth. But basically, there's a chunk of time where the family's not looking for her, and Molly is trying to figure out, like, what do I do? Like, you know. Like, what does she do? Like, what mm-hmm. do you do? I don't know yeah. what I would do, really. Um, so Alice, it's like a very complicated situation for Molly because Alice both acts as a jailer and as a child because she doesn't currently have a mother. Like, she talks a lot about her first mommy. So you know that she has a first mommy that Alice believes went into the woods and died or went missing. And that's what's going on. Like, that's why outside's scary, right? Mm-hmm. There's bears, there's wolves, like you'll be attacked immediately. You can't leave, Yeah, which all makes sense if you're trying to keep a child captive. Yeah. So while Molly is dealing with um, basically kind of grappling with her situation and trying to figure out like, what do I do here? What are my, what are my options here? <laughs> Cause she does spend about a week locked in a room where she can't see outside. She can't see anything. Alice is the crazy. one during the day that decides whether or not she eats. And so basically they try to keep her as a good mommy. And they say like, if you're not a good mommy, like you'll go away like the other mommy. Yeah. So it's absolutely terrifying. Um, At about day 14, the daughter, Nicole gets a phone call from someone who calls herself Edith Moore. And she says, I'm pretty sure I saw your mother. At this point, there is a reward out for any information that could lead to her being found. So obviously there's some like healthy amount of suspicion here. Yeah. Um, But like the dad's not interested in going. The brother Evan is back in school. Nicole is the only one who's kind of floundering and doesn't really know what to do and just like wants to find her mom. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care if she's missing on purpose. Like, I feel like if she is missing on purpose, it's because of the things I said to her, like, 
Yeah. So I want to clear it up. Yeah. Now that I know that, like, I know that this could be an option, like I could fix it. And also if we're being honest, does she really have anything else going on with her life right now? No, no, Nicole goes by Nick. So if I I say Nick, that's who it is. Um, so Nick spends most of her time literally just drinking and sleeping around. And like, there are a couple of occasions where she's, yeah, exactly. So like there are a few occasions throughout the book where she basically just like wakes up in the bed of somebody that she has no idea who they are and she's hung over as hell and she's just like, wow, I regret my life. Like super relatable grief stuff. Like mm-hmm. honestly, like I know it's been five years, but like I couldn't imagine losing a sibling at nine years old. And uh, like your sibling yeah. is nine and you're, you know, 14 and you were and also watching like them. she was like, supposed to, like be watching them. So there's like that trauma. Yeah. I can't even imagine how that would impact the rest of your life. So like I don't really blame Nick. Like I can totally imagine that being your your life, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. Like you gotta find a way to like move on. Um, Molly refers to it as like survivor's guilt a lot, but Nick doesn't feel like she identifies with that. She's like, I don't feel like it's survivor's guilt. Like I'm not, I don't feel guilty that I'm alive. I feel guilty about the stuff I didn't do while she was alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like she relives that moment. Like when Annie runs towards the street where she's like, I should have grabbed her. Like I should have done literally anything. Mm -hmm. And like, but the mom is the same way where she's like, well, I came around the corner, but like literally all the forensic evidence shows that like I braked when I should, my, my steering wheel was as far away as possible from my child as it could possibly go. My phone was in my hand. Worst case scenario. Just worst case scenario. Daughter was coming around the corner to meet the ice cream man and mom was coming at the same time. And they just hit Mm -hmm. like literally none of this is anyone's fault and it's just like awful to see how this family grapples with it especially on top of molly now being missing exactly five years later on the anniversary Mm -hmm. it's the actual like it's not even like which i guess also it's the anniversary yeah it's probably i guess maybe even more why it's more it's like maybe it was on purpose yes easier to accept that it could be on purpose because yeah it's exactly to the day yeah exactly but then like you know her family's grappling with like how they dealt with her that day Mm -hmm. like her son literally didn't even look at her when she came to his game he saw her and turned away with his friends. And then his friends testified that like he ignored her, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's honestly like such a family mess. Like this entire book is basically like family drama, like families <laughs> dealing with grief. How do you deal with that on top of your mother being kidnapped? Yeah. Um. So before giving any information away, the gist of it is basically that Molly understands that Alice and Mick sought her out. They knew she was traveling this road. They knew she lost a daughter that was that same age. They were looking for her. They're Hmm. looking for a replacement for first mommy. Okay. Creepy. So sounds like Mick is heartbroken. Obviously not his real name. Again, off of Mickey Mouse, which is the fake name given. We do find out who Mick is. Uh, I did guess it. Oh, nice. (laughs) Which I thought was, I was very proud of myself. Like there were a few guesses, but this was like the one I was fairly sure about. Um, It made the most sense to me. So Molly during her captivity, uh, basically once we hit about day 14, when Nicole goes back to where her mother went missing from, we kind of alternate every other chapter between Molly and Nicole. So we've got Nicole actively looking for her mother, dealing with the local police, talking to locals, trying to figure out if Edith Moore is legit or not, Mm -hmm. or here for the money, right? Yep. Like there are parts of her story that add up. There are parts of her story that do not. It's like, how would she know that information if she didn't see her? But mm-hmm. how would she know that information if someone who did see her didn't hire her? So oh. there's a lot of like, who is she connected to in town? Because these parts of her story don't add up. But then you also see Molly who's like, okay, 
what's the best case scenario for me? Um, Molly's situation is that Mick has an eye on Nicole. Nicole being younger, more first mommy material. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So Molly is trying to protect Nicole. So Molly's trying to be perfect mommy while also trying to find out information from Alice. They use dolls, basically like therapists do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alice likes to play with dolls. She has two dolls, Suzanne and Hannah. Suzanne is always who Molly is and Hannah is always who Alice plays. And so Molly uses this opportunity to find information out about first mommy. So she asks like, do mommy and daddy fight? Like what, what does mommy do in her free time? Like she asks Mm -hmm. like all of these questions to kind of get this information so she can figure out like, how can I be the best mommy? So they don't try to replace me. And how can I try to get out of here? Because like, obviously her goal is twofold. Like she doesn't want to be here, but she also doesn't want Nicole to be taken next. Yeah. Um, Which, oh my God, I can't even imagine. Like once they like even talked about that, they talk about it pretty early on. This isn't even a spoiler. Like it's like the whole plot is like, how do I prevent Nicole from being <laughs> taken instead? Yeah. Um, I thought it was like really complex as far as like emotionally goes, because there are so many different people's perspectives that you get to see here. Um, I've literally listed out like, mm, I don't know, 15 people that I can't even name them all for you. Um, I really liked the way that they revealed who the captor was. Mm-hmm. Again, I did kind of see it coming, but it wasn't anything specifically that the author said to me. It was just out of a process of elimination where I was just like, this person doesn't make sense because of these things. Okay. Like this person can't be this. Cause I really didn't know until about three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really nice job of kind of like overlapping those timelines and then like making it make complete sense, even though it was it felt like kind of out of left field. Like, I don't know how to explain it. You'd have to read it, but Basically, um, I liked that it was on top of like a, like a mystery, like who done it. It was also like a family story, right? Like mm-hmm. I loved seeing those relationships develop. Nicole got to learn things about her mom that she like never knew. And like, you kind of see like the mother and daughter, like discover themselves yeah. and then find each other and then like decide to have a better relationship because it's been five years since Annie died. And so Molly's had a strained relationship with her family this entire time. Mm -hmm. But even that, even though Nicole and her entire family have basically blamed her for this death, even if it's unwarranted, like they've gone to therapy and therapy is like, it's technically not your fault. You know, you've done all the right things, but like, it's hard not to associate blame, especially when it comes to a death. Right. Like, I can't imagine, like, I, I get it. Like my mom's doctors are, shit on my my list but <laughs> but like yeah. I really like the way that this book addressed it because like you can see each of the individual family members griefs you can kind of see each of their journey while we don't get to see a lot of like how Evan felt you get to see enough kind of through Nicole's interactions with Evan that like you kind of can understand where he's at too where he was more of a like I want to I want to heal I want to move forward and so he moved forward with his life that was an option right that's mm-hmm. always an option with grief Absolutely. the other option is being Nicole where you drink and you try to cover it and you try to hide and you have shame like the other option is a dad who becomes completely detached where he doesn't talk to anybody he completely just disconnects himself from his family so like I really like the way that they address like each person's individual grief because it is a different journey for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of the way you kind of see everybody come back together at the end, I think is really good. Obviously they find her 
since I said they I've kind of figured this. I mean, like once we figured out, they're like, gonna find her. Like she's in the same Mick place. It's just how. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and it's yeah, exactly. It's not like it's like, the how. And they didn't. The bad guy didn't like take her far, right? It's not no. like, he, like he didn't cross state lines. We don't have the FBI involved. Nope. She wasn't at like a gas like. I guess she was at a gas station, but I mean, like a like a. He was just crafty. A, a highway, like bathroom stop, right? Place where it's like super random, and it could be anybody. Like it wasn't that. So and I like the fact that she's she like found. behind this fence right there that everyone yeah. runs into, and no one says anything about. It's just like the answer sometimes is like right there. You just don't know it. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. I don't know. I thought it was like a good lesson along with a book. Like so, I like the way that the story developed as a whole, mm-hmm. and like, um the way Molly kind of struggles with like loving and hating Alice, I think is really interesting too, because Alice sometimes acts as a captor because that's the only power she has. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah, exactly. she is alone. Yeah. She lives here where she thinks she has allergies and cannot go outside. Can't even go outside. Won't, yeah. won't even leave the front door. Like it's insane. Like mm-hmm. will not exit that door. Um, so like kind of watching her struggle with that relationship with Alice and then trying to like find out information. But so subtly, it's like a very like a therapy type of situation. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. And like, I would be curious to know, like follow up, like how is Alice doing? Like, cause, <laughs> cause we find out like who her real father is. Um, you know, we find out a lot of information about who she's supposed to be. And then like her life after captivity, um, I don't know. I feel like I would like a follow-up story. Like, how did that go for her? <laughs> yeah, just like a tiny little off offshoot. Okay, just like a little thing. five out of five. I don't think you've given us a rating yet. Oh yeah, it's five out of five. Definitely. Five I out figured of five. it would be, but you know, I had to ask. An so. adventure. It was an adventure, and I love those. That's my favorite kind of book. Yeah, awesome. So for my flowers one, it actually does have adventure in it too. Like the characters mm. go on an adventure. So Yay. mine is Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins, and it's got the cute little like flowers that are associated with like hawaii you know oh i love um which is kind of where it's set so our main character is lux uh l-u-x and she currently lives in hawaii i can't remember what island to be perfectly honest um but i think like five-ish years ago her mom was either died from cancer or was diagnosed with cancer and then she was like a sophomore in college. She drops out of college, takes care of her mom. Her folks got divorced and her dad went and got a whole new family and said, basically to heck with you. Um, right. And so she took care of her mom and then her mom passed and they were living in San Diego at the time. And she was just kind of like, well, what do I do now? Like it's been two years. Like, so I, yeah, her mom, I think the doctors gave her mom like three to six months and she lived for two years. But at this point, she's like, okay, do I go back to college? Like, everybody that I was friends with is two years ahead of me. Like, that's weird. I don't really want to do that. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. So she's working at a bar in San Diego. And she meets this guy, Nico, who is, like, absolutely, like, gorgeous, beautiful, like, perfect kind of guy. Huge. Um, Yeah. And he's like, oh, I have this boat, the Susanna and i'm gonna go on like adventures and all these things and like you're but basically he like for him it's like love the first sight is what he says and so he's like do you want to come with me and this is like after like he's been coming to this bar every single day for like a week or two and she's like okay i'm not doing anything else love yeah and so he sails down to hawaii and she flies into hawaii but when he's getting there there's like an issue when he's bringing in his boat to be dry docked and there's now a, a hole in the side of his hole 
was a hole in this hole. That's funny. To hole say. in the hole. I get it. Yeah. Um, and you. on his way down, the engine blew. So, like, they need money to replace the engine and obviously fix the hole that is in the boat. Um, turns out Nico is like, his family is stupid rich. Like, he is technically Nicholas, the whatever, whatever, the third. Um, Oh, fancy. That's like real yeah. fancy. That's like rich people money names. Yeah. With one phone call, he easily could have had the money to do this, but like he wants to do his own thing. He doesn't want his family's money. But for tax- every rich boy. Yeah. But for tax reasons, they moved the ownership of the boat into Lux's name. I kind of love the name Lux. Yeah. It came from a Is book. Is that crazy? But I no, love it. Yeah. I really like it. So it's L U X. It came from a book called. It's called like the beach or something, which apparently they turned into a movie. And actually, I guess, and this is literally, you learn this all in the book, um, but the character Lux in the book actually is, because like somebody else, like she meets another character who's like, oh, is it from this book? And she's like, yeah. She's like, oh, it's kind of a shit person to be named after. And she's like, I know. I finally read the book when I was like 13. And I was like, mom, what the hell? Like, this is what you named me after? It's like a Netflix show where the main character's name is Lux. That's what made me think of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I really like it. So it's Great fun. One. Um, and so they are living in Hawaii. Lux is working at like a fancy hotel as a, um, like a maid, the pe- folks who come and like clean your room. Because. She has um, a bad experience where she's in there cleaning a room and she's sort of making fun of what the people left because like they are, they, had, they didn't check out. She's just cleaning it for the day. And she's like making fun uh, of their same. stuff and they walked in. And so they get her fired. But she's like, okay, whatever. Like, let's sail away. Like, we have enough in savings because they've been like sleeping on a mattress in the living room of somebody's house that like Nico works with. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, we have enough in savings. Like, we can get everything repaired. Like, we can sail out. Let's go do this thing where Nico has like he's been working at the marina and he's just kind of like, whatever, my dude. Like, it's fine. Life is grand. Whatever. Like, and so she's kind of right. frustrated <laughs> and it's like, but I want to go. Like, we, we said we were going to go on this adventure. Let's go on this adventure um and then i think it's like the day that she gets fired like how convenient timing wise he's like oh like i met these like two women at these two gals at the bar whatever where he like goes to this place every day for lunch um and you know they asked me to charter them to this island moreau island and she's like um okay whatever he's like no but i said like my girlfriend has to go but they're gonna pay us fifty thousand dollars like to do this he's like literally like we can do this have the boat repaired and we can leave right away and she's like okay but tell them she's like well they have that much money tell them to fix the boat and we'll charter them on our boat and he's like oh that's great because she's thinking like okay but if we go to this island and they pay us this money that they're going to come back and he's just going to keep making excuses for not getting the boat fixed and they're never going to go on their adventure you know yeah she's like, oh, sure. but if like they pay to fix the boat and it'll only be like an extra day or two because like they already have the engine like there it's just be like paid for and he can do all the work to like fix the hole because he's been working mm-hmm. in marina working on boats this whole time so so he's like okay yeah so she goes and she like meets the two gals that did this because that was the thing is that he was like oh yeah but like my girlfriend and he was like i'm see i'm not stupid i'm not just gonna like go off for two weeks with like right 22 year old gals like i'm not dumb Definitely just added the name Lux to my names list. Good. I like it. I thought it was, one. yeah. I thought it was really pretty and really fun. So I'm glad you did. I'm a big fan. So, so Lux and Nico go and they meet these two gals. That's, their names are Brittany and Ama. 
they met freshman year in college. I think they were like roommates or like lived down the hall, headed off. And they just recently graduated college. They're 22. And like they wanted to go something off the beaten path. They, they don't want to do the same thing that every college girl is going to do as their thing. Doing everybody else, but okay. So they want to go to Moreau Island, which is this island that's basically was built from like coral reefs. It's kind of how it started. And it was a landing strip in World War II. And that's all I know about it because as Nico was rambling on about this at one point, Lux is like, I'm sorry, men talking about World War II gives me hive. Shut up. And I was like, yes, agreed. We don't care. I'll Google it if I care. So, well, Moreau, the name meaning is someone with dark skin. It's based on the Moors. Oh, interesting. This Thank one you, is, this one is, it's called Moreau Island based off of the ship that crashed there. After, Makes sense too. Before, it must've been before because it was like the 1800s or something like that. So sometime in the 1800s, the ship was crashed on this island because there's like all these teeny tiny little islands off the islands of Hawaii that like you don't see like these there's like, a million ones. yeah <laughs> yeah uh crash there 36 men were on the boat when it crashed only eight were uh there when they were picked up like two or three weeks later oh boy so there's like bad vibes on this island like people they ate other men okay oh absolutely cannibalism 100%. there was a trial uh, that happened after these eight sailors were saved um the like leader about captain. the death of the other ones yeah in like the 1800s i don't know if this is real or not but it felt like it could be real it could um, have been. only like the captain guy actually got hung for it because he was the leader uh everyone else got off captain goes it. down with the ship if they do some shit you do some shit yeah and also he probably definitely ate people because the fish there are I mean, poisonous yeah. so like meh, well gotta eat the people i uh, feel like you can't really convict somebody on stuff like that though i mean let's be real like you had to survive what would you have done this is the 1800s so you know witches are still being burned at the stake i guess I but it's like happen. what would you have done if you were in the middle of the ocean and half of you were already dead yeah well you know they have a lot of money so they don't have to be on boats and be in the ocean I have too many questions yeah uh, anyways so there's like a lot of bad vibes about this island um there's a good. whole bunch of like different things about it that people have like said like oh i was there like after two days like what the heck like I had to get off. Like there's just something wrong. Mm-hmm. There's one where somebody's writing and he's like, Yeah, I realized like he's like, I was there for eight days. This is amazing. He's like emailing his buddy. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I just looked at the day. I was there for 18 days. Like, what the heck? So like where as, as you said island, I immediately felt the need to rewatch Lost. Just gonna say. Lost does get referenced. So oh, yes, I'm more <laughs> interested. <laughs> uh, and so the four of them set off on the Susanna. And it, which is not like a large, large boat, mind you. But this size, uh, yeah, it's got like a cabin under, but it's only got like one bed. That's like a triangle. Like it's the kind of boat that like two people could sail the world, not four. Got it. But okay. Either way, for fifty thousand dollars, they're like, yeah, we'll take the two of you. This is great. Um, Lux sure. instantly like connects with Brittany. Like she kind of has a personality where she can connect with anybody, but like Alma is definitely way more closed off. Um, so there's like weird vibes going on there. So they get there, mm. not super exciting adventure. Something happens on the way that just read it. And I don't want to tell you what it is because it does Ooh. set up some things. Must be good. Um, and so as they're like coming up, there's already a boat there. And this is like a boat boat. This is a nice boat. This is like a rich people boat. This is a yacht. Y'all got stupid money boat, basically. Yeah. Mm, I see. Two, that, so they get off and like there's two people there already. 
So those people are Eliza and Jake. And they're like, oh my gosh, welcome. Like, we have amazing food and wine. Let's have a bonfire. We're going to welcome you. And so basically what it is, is like, it's just the six of them hanging out on this island for like two-ish weeks. And they go, they find the airstrip. There's a skull there that they find at some point. Like Lux is freaked out because she's the one that found it. A skull, yeah. Oh, that seems weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, people have died on it like in the olden times. So like it could be. And it's very old. It's not like a new skull. Like it's weathered, they say. Because like everyone else is like. Everyone else (laughs) is like. a nice way of saying worn down. Yeah, pretty much. Old. (laughs) yeah everyone else is like kind of pretty cool about it like some people think it's super cool some people are like oh whatever lux is kind of freaked out but she's also the one who found it um basically like this is the part where like looking back not a lot actually happens like it's them having parties on the beach and like interpersonal problems and like they go out for a swim and there's a shark and they freak out but the shark was just hanging out like not I just have to touch seaweed and I panic and I scream shark. So it's a no yeah. for me. Yeah. So this would not be for you at all. No. Mm-hmm. Um, at like 10-ish days in or something like that, this other person shows up. So like that stirs up things. Um, I can't really like give more than that. Cause like at that point, like once this other person shows up, it's mm-hmm. kind of like when things start to happen, that but the sense, book yeah. does kind of jump from like, there's like the, um, before and then now um because like with Lux since her mom died um she kind of talks about and then it's like this theme in like other people's lives the other characters for their own different things not telling you like what is causing theirs but there's the in the before and in the after so like we're currently living in the after which is the now but then there's in the before like before whatever event split your world split your mm-hmm. timeline um and so like you have the now and the before and so you get like Lux's before, which is when like when you learn about her mom and these things, you get Britney's before and Amma's before and else. I think actually now that I think about it, it's only the women. Is it Amma like A M M A or yeah. like Alma A- like A L M A? A M M A Amma. Okay. Like Anna, but Amma. Amma. Um, maybe Amma. Like mm. Anna. I I've seen it before Amma. in books too, but I thought it, I thought it was Amma. I don't know. Yeah, I've always. Said I was Amma. just asking because I wasn't quite sure because they sound the same basically when you pronounce. That's them. true. Yeah, how I'm Alma saying. and Amma. Yeah, yeah. Amma. Um, and so yeah, so now I think about it, I don't think you get like the before. Oh no, you do. You get Jake's before. Mm. I don't know if you get Nico. Either way, um, so like randomly, like you'll be going, you'll be stuck in the now for a bit, and then all of a sudden you have a before drops on you and you get somebody's flashback or like i guess not even my flashback it's just like whatever they were doing at this time mm-hmm. and then you kind of see like what's happening to them and how it led to here and then like how that builds to how we're going to go in the end um there's like an entire middle build up yeah there's almost an entire middle part where they're on the island where nothing happens like looking back like i mean i kept i read the whole thing i read the entire thing in one seating like one sitting took me like an afternoon holy shit like i had to know like where you where we're going like what we're on this island and it's i like, read mine in like two but yeah. i got it <laughs> yeah it says it's a thriller and we're on an island this like gotta know. creepy island what in the world's gonna happen why are we here what's going on but like looking back like kind of the whole middle part nothing is actually really happening that much i mean when you jump to the before like then you're like oh things are going on like what is this why are you telling me about this even like in mm-hmm. some parts um 
well then like the last 50 pages it's just like boom 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 like everything comes thing, together thing, thing. how everything happens it's just oh my god i didn't interested. see any of it coming like there's like one thing you learn a thing and i'm not even gonna say what it's about but there's one that Ooh. i was like i think this is actually this and i was right um but that's just because like how it was kind of built up and maybe i was even supposed to figure that out i don't know um but it was great and then the epilogue came and it was stupid two and a half page oh, epilogue I- hate that and I, and I said why why did i need to know this like why did i read that and i i don't know if it was supposed to like make sure that you knew like what happened next with these characters and like yeah what maybe their it next was just like a clarification was. yeah if it was like oh hey like i don't want to like leave you wondering hmm. even though it was kind of pretty obvious i thought like like once you get to the end of the book before the epilogue you know what has happened right. to these characters like i don't necessarily right. need to know their future anymore so i don't know that or if like they were weirdly trying to set up a next book which i don't know what the yeah, heck you maybe do. that was it sometimes yeah. i feel like epilogues are more like second book centric you know yeah. what i mean like yeah it was that or they were just trying to like show the character growth of the people involved in the epilogue maybe to be like oh but like huh. see how like they were like this and now do you see how they are good as a standalone book though like no series needed yes i if there's a second one i don't know that i'll read it because i'll probably just be annoyed because i feel like why in the world did you do that that doesn't make sense fair um Mm -hmm. great standalone standalone. book yeah like i said read it in like less like half of a day it was great um the scenery is awesome you do get invested in the characters like some of them are terrible people but like you still find yourself kind of like Nico, the super stupid rich guy who could literally call his daddy and get a, the money to fix the boat, you still root for him sometimes. Did they do like chapters for each character or no, did they just, just like kind of jump around? It just jumps around. Like some characters is like this. Uh, most mm. of the book is from Lux's point of view, actually. Okay. I think now that I think about it, the entire book is from Lux's point of view, except when we go into oh. the before. But it's not like it's like third person, right? Where it's like Lux did this, Lux and Nico did that. But it's basically- See, As a reader, I definitely think it's important, you know? Because yeah. like mm-hmm. sometimes they don't love getting the alternating points of view. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they don't love having it like come from one character mostly and then like third party at one point. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, we like, basically only follow Lux around and like see what she's doing that until makes we sense. jump to the before where we learn about- the sense. other characters what brought them why the heck they're they also decided to go to this island like is it just because like you have money and nothing better to do which is right? kind of like what you're <laughs> thinking right you're like Brittany and Probably. Alba have fifty thousand dollars to just drop to pay some dude to like go for two weeks and do this and like, but, like do you know how like little money fifty thousand dollars is though these days like that's true I guess I don't know that's I don't know. $50,000 sounds like a lot, but like the reality when you live is that like $50,000 can buy you one thing or I mean, you can like, it's more than I make in a year. So like, well, I get it. Like I get it. But dropping that much for that. But for like, I feel like if you inherited people, like 50 grand though, like no matter yes. who you are, if like inheriting 50 grand, it'll go faster than you think. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And also for like these, like, it go as far as you expect. like the yacht or like the Nico who's the third. Yeah. Cause they that have is, expensive property. That's probably nothing to them. Yeah. It's probably not. Yeah. I'm more like with the Lux, right. Where she's like had to work like, for everything. And like, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, she's like, why would you just do this? Um, right but yeah i would still say so i'm giving it like four out of five only because like looking back with how much 
like things obviously are happening and like it is moving the story along and they're still down and they do matter in the end like how these things went together but for so much of it it looking back you're like oh it's like early 20s people having early 20 people's problems of like oh my god he's flirting with her or like she doesn't like me but like am i gonna make the author did you see roughly how old they are um let's look at their picture their pictures look at the back um she would probably be like early 30s i would guess okay so it might be fine yeah yeah she lives in alabama so she can afford a house oh apparently she's also written a lot of books for young readers so that would kind of make more sense. That would explain why she would write something from a 20-something perspective. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's this one and another one that um, they've mm. done, which is The Wife Upstairs, which I think maybe I also read. Or maybe it's literally sitting on my I feel shelf. like I've heard know. of that one. Yeah. Um, but, so I think, like, these are, like, they're more, like, well, this is, like, would be, like, new adult, right? Like, I think, like, Eliza is 30 and Jake is 31 or something. Or maybe they're both 30 and they're like, are we the responsible ones of the group? Like, you know like reality is hard in a funny way um but still a good read still worth it also because like you knock it out in a day gotta love a book that you can just knock right out that's awesome that's my favorite yeah our next topic um we're kind of going like what is who is that character who does like was that elmo m is for murder i was thinking count chocula is the character (laughs) is the title yeah well, because I was thinking, like, like, wait, Chocula, like one, uh, 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 <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. I'm losing my mind. Either way, M is for murder and murder. So, murder. I'm very excited. I have like a book that my stepdad gave me that I've been kind of like hanging on to and like not sure when to read, mm-hmm. but like TLDR, supposedly, this guy basically like murders women and turns them into perfumes. I'm very oh. excited. Can't oh. wait. Mine's just like. Ax- accidental murder that i think turns into murder murder oh my god yours is much more subtle the family gets involved you gotta call the aunties things like that are gonna happen it's mine is much more like it puts the lotion on or it gets the hose again so well it's gonna be a great (laughs) opposite can't wait of like the full spectrum gonna be fun i'm very excited come back listen see if you like it um, hope you liked our fun little play on words one. If you want to check out the Instagram to see what our covers are, it's isn't past your bedtime and Twitter, IIPYB underscore pod. We're also on the Tiki Talks now. Same name. I'm so proud of us, by the way, for being on TikTok. Mm-hmm. We're um, cool. We're youth. TikTok is so popular that we may get rid of our website, but we do still have a website. It's isn'tpastyourbedtime.com where you can check out what's coming up next and what's in our archive, which I love to check through the archive because we've read a lot of books and sometimes it's hard to know. Yeah. I will be honest. I scroll through the Instagram like it's very slow. It's not time consuming. The archive would be better. I just do control F in the archive. Yep. 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 I should start doing that. (laughs) Your way is faster. Anyways, uh, we'll talk to everyone next time. Bye everyone. Bye.